I have some good news and some bad news. First, the bad news. Over 85% of us suffer from diminished self-esteem. There's a hangover from the pandemic. We're stuck. We're making changes. We feel lost. Maybe we're forced into change. And we might not feel as good about ourselves. We might not be building the relationships the way we used to. And the good news? With some effort, we can change our self-esteem. This is part one of a three-part series. And today, we talk about why self-esteem matters. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the KL Podcast. We are glad to have you back with us today. And today, we're going to talk about self-esteem. Now, I think that this one is a lot more complicated than some people may think it is. At first glance, self-esteem, I think, seems pretty obvious. It's how good do you feel about yourself or how do you, what do you think about yourself? But when you get into it, there's a, there's a lot of depth to this and it's a lot more complex than I thought. Yeah. So a lot, I, a lot of factors contribute to it for sure. A lot, yeah. Exactly. And, and, and I think we invest so much time in, in factors that hinder our progressive self-esteem. And we don't realize that. We think we're being realistic. This is really interesting. The more I read about this and we watched these TED Talks and we watched these interviews, this was really, really fascinating. This is a great topic, Tim. What, what made you feel like this was one we should bring to the table? Well, I think it's important. And I think it is kind of like a driver for a lot of our behavior. I will tell you, though, the thing that attracted me to it is because it in, encapsulates a lot of things that we've already talked about. And I'm to the point now I have to, I'm going to tell myself a little bit, we're 80 episodes in. So when I stumble across a really good piece of material, like I did in this case, and it's on self-esteem, I'm like, man, this is really good. We should talk about this. And then I start reading through it. And I'm like, Ooh, man, yeah, we've touched on that. We've touched on that. We've touched on that. And then in my head, I'm like, am I having a senior moment? Have we already <laughs> done a self-esteem episode? <laughs> so then I have to go to our episodes and I have to go through and I'm like, Looking for self-esteem, looking for self-esteem. Oh, we haven't done this yet. Okay, this is yeah. good. Yeah, let's do yeah. this. That's it's, pretty much the process right there. That's so, episode 81, Tools yeah. to Enhance Your Memory. Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a good point, though, because I think we've said this so many times in the, in the past, I don't know, dozen or so episodes that we've already talked about some of these behaviors and traits in previous episodes, but they are all building blocks that sort of make us better people, better leaders, better employees, yes. better husbands and wives, friends. And, and this one, well, let me ask you guys, before we get into this, we're going we're gonna to start with the definition. But before we get to that point, when you guys first started to read this, did do you think about self-esteem? Personally? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think I think about it that much, but I have in the past. And that is one of the interesting things about self-esteem. It's very fluid. It's very dynamic. Right. And so I think there's a lot of us who, wherever we are on the self-esteem scale, we can say, wow, I remember when I wasn't here, either when it was low, it might be low now and you be like, man, I used to feel a lot better about myself or it's high now. And you think maybe not. And while we're talking about the scale, this is worth mentioning because this was probably one of the most interesting pieces that I stumbled across in this research. So general acceptance of the levels of self-esteem. There are three levels. There is low, high, and too high. 
<laughs> so, there, but my Don't point move, in saying this is when you can have too high self-esteem then we're really not going to touch on that today, but it's possible. But my point in saying this is the just right place for self-esteem is high, right? That's where you want to yeah. be. You want to have high self-esteem. So there's low, high, and then there's, you know, some one off out there that are too high. It's a great but point. We're, what we're shooting for is high. That's the yes. Goldilocks yes. medium is high self-esteem. That's what <laughs> the we Goldilocks want, medium right? is high. Yeah. That's great. I love yes. that. For sure. No, I, and I would say too, I, I, in my own personal life, I feel like I have pretty good self-esteem. I would even say high, but I would say also there's pockets where, where it's not. And you know, we talked about it the other day in, you know, me saying how I felt about me being a success or successful that's yeah. tied to self-esteem for sure. And I would say in that aspect, I fluctuate, it's fluid for sure. And so, you know, for me personally, yes, there, there is areas of self-esteem. I, I think overall I'm pretty good. And then also I'd say for my family, I, I think about that a lot. You know, I have teenage boys and, you know, self-esteem is a real thing at that station in their life, in that area in their life. And it's, yeah. it's, it's present, right. It's present in my house. I'm either picking them up or, or bringing them down. Some of them. <laughs> when they're very high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Especially when it, when it comes to sports or them playing, it can be way too high. Yeah. And so yeah. you know, I'm either bringing them down or I'm bolstering them and trying to get them picked up where they, you know, they see themselves through healthy eyes. Okay. Well, thank you guys. I just wanted a level set to see like where we were at on our own personal self-esteem. Is it something we think about, you know, how do we feel about it before we get into, of course, the definition, which is where we are now, man, this is the longest we've ever gone without defining our topic. This is exciting. Okay. Tim, what do we mean when we're talking about self-esteem? So self-esteem is a measure of a person's own self-worth or self-value. Whether a person respects, values, and appreciates themselves determines self-esteem. So pretty, pretty concise definition there. I think we know what it is, but it does help to state it. Yeah, I think we all intrinsically sort of understand it, but a, a definition clarifies it. And you mentioned already that, that you, you said it's important, but let, let's just dig into why it's so important. So, you know, what is it about knowing yourself or understanding your self-worth that is important? Well, the two pieces that I kind of locked in on were it helps us make better decisions. That's timely because we just talked about making good decisions several episodes ago. Yeah. And then the other piece is we build stronger relationships. It's easier for us to build relationships and we build stronger and more healthy relationships. And I really had to think about that one. Because I was kind of like, if you have low self-esteem, why wouldn't you be able to build or have a healthy relationship? And I think at least part of that, I'm sure there's a million things that we could look at, but at least part of that is if we feel worse about ourselves, then we probably seek out people that, you know, we kind of feel worthy of being with you know, which maybe aren't the most healthy people for us. Yeah. So we have a poor opinion of ourselves. We're like, well, we belong with this person. You know, I think we kind of like self-sort ourselves into a category. It's like, yeah, you need to be with this person because you're not so good. 
And yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I can take all the probabilities out of that and tell you guys that whenever I was have been at the lowest points of my life where I have not felt great about myself, I've surrounded myself with five people who, you know, when you say yeah. you are the sum of the people you're around. Exactly. I wasn't a good your, person. And yeah. it was evident from the folks that I was spending my time with. It impacts your lowest common denominator. <laughs> have you been <laughs> have you been in that place, Josh? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely, I have. And it's 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 two-sided. I think it impacts the quality of friendship you seek out, a relationship you seek out, but it's a sense of worthiness too, where where I don't feel worthy of someone who I feel is is greater than I am. And then there's also that sense of I don't want to embarrass myself around being these quote unquote stronger people. You know, and, and another thing that I would call out as far as self-esteem goes, and you know, we can relate this to a, from a leadership perspective, but also from a family perspective, when your self-esteem is low, I feel it, it makes you more sensitive to the words that are being spoken to you. And at yeah. the same time, when and you're in relationship with people, whether it's family or your direct reports or your leadership, it impacts your reaction to those words as well. And sometimes people get sensitive or sensitized to the words that they speak to you. And it, it impedes that communication because they don't want to get you to that place or they're hesitant to say those words. And sometimes it's the truth you need to hear, but they just, it's like, I cannot speak those words. So it's, it's like cyclical, man. It, it's a bad place to be. It, it is yeah. cyclical. And, and you're talking about relationships. It doesn't just have to be with people. It can also be with your own well-being. You start to develop a bad relationship with food and yeah. you know, you eating junk food, eating fast food, eating garbage food. And that makes you then feel bad about yourself, which then kind of spirals downward further and further and further. Now I'm, I'm, I'm interested because, you know, Tim earlier was saying that high self-esteem is the norm. That's the Goldilocks level. We want to be well, it's at. not the norm. But, I didn't okay. say that. I it's not it's the norm. Goal. It's the goal. It's the goal. It's the Goldilocks goal that we want to be at high self-esteem. When you are in a high self-esteem state, do you recognize it? Well, I think if you think about it, you probably understand that you're at a place of peace and comfort. But I don't necessarily think that we're consciously saying to ourselves, wow, I have high self-esteem. We just understand that we're in a, peace, a place of peace, yeah, I think. I, I, and, and I want to go back real quick, Josh, before we move on from this, because you know I know Henry kind of misspoke there and said it's the norm. But to be clear, the data that we saw 85% of people have experienced a diminished sense of self-esteem. So this is very common at some point, or maybe in some areas, Josh pointed out, very common for people to have low self-esteem. Um, it, it's addressable. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, and I'd say, you know, the same conversation we had with mental health, as leaders, it's, you know, it's important to demystify that or to take, you know, the pressure off of that and say, hey, it's, it's not as uncommon as you think. And then we can begin to, to address those things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I feel like whenever your esteem is, is high, like you said, Tim, it's peaceful, it's calming. You're probably, you know, enjoying a creative run. You're feeling confident about yourself. You, I don't know, like things are going your way. You almost don't want, I don't know. I mean, I don't even think you recognize it. I think you're in a flow state and you don't know yeah. you're in a flow state when you're in a flow state. You're just kind of in it and it's moving. I think you really notice it whenever it's low 
and you probably get called out whenever it's way too high. Uh, like, like Josh was saying about his kids, you know, uh, you you I, I think, uh, so it's, I think that if you haven't really noticed uh, your self-esteem issues, it's probably because you've been lucky enough to be in a high self-esteem state. And, I think it has a lot to do with self-awareness too, Henry, Yeah, to be quite honest. And I've, I've shared this a lot in a lot of the recordings we've done, but I've just become more aware of my, my mental state and my I don't, I don't know if I'd say physical state, but just my presence in life. And especially after losing my two parents, I, or both my parents, I am like, I'm really conscious of that now. And I do self-awareness checks to say like, Hey, am I, am I good right now? Uh, and, and that has a lot to do with, with self-esteem also for me. But, and so uh, Josh, I mean, we talk about it all the time. I mean, that yeah. to me is, is kind of the point that we're yeah. making here. Like we talk about this stuff all the time. And the other thing that I hear, and this happens in my house, do other people, you know, this, my wife or my kids or myself, do other people feel this way? Am I normal? I mean, we, we're the only people that act like this. I don't know anybody else that acts like this. That's because no one else is talking about it, or we're not in those groups of people who are saying things like you said, uh, if mental health is becoming more acceptable, it's acceptable to say, I feel depressed. It should be acceptable to say, I have low self-esteem right now, and I don't know why. Yeah. And the more we yeah. talk about these things, the that we take the stigma away and we can just address it. Right. And, and I think the important thing you said there, Henry, is right now. Yeah. Right. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have to be a permanent state for anyone. Well, yeah. let's talk about the self-esteem and how we get there. Why, why does it, why do we, how does it get impacted negatively and positively? Yeah, I and mean, that's a great topic, Henry. And a good way to kick that off is to reiterate and double down on what you two mentioned earlier. So this is a cycle and you're either in a downward spiral or an upward spiral of self-esteem, most likely. I mean, you know, you're, you're either really in this great place and kind of spiraling upward or, you know, when you get down, then it, it just, it's really hard to break the cycle. So a lot of what we'll talk about today is how we kind of um, use this conversation as maybe a launching point for an upward spiral. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what are the things that, uh, that affect self-esteem? Well, it, you know, one of the things that just jumped out to me because I'm backtracking this whole conversation because Henry said, <laughs> Tim, Tim, you know, do you have, do you feel like you have high self-esteem? And I don't really think of it in that terms, but in my, you know, when I started thinking about it, I was like, yeah, I think I'm in a good place here. And I think that age is one of the <laughs> contributing factors there. And that's kind of coupled with life experience. And the reason that I think that affects me in a positive way is because I've been up and down and I understand that everybody has their ups and their downs. And I also understand that life is pretty fluid and, you know, maybe you can minimize those ups and downs, but there's going to be some tough times. It doesn't mean they're forever. And I think we'll talk about this a little bit more later on. I'm pretty sure, but the root of low self-esteem in many cases is jealousy and envy. And I've seen enough, I've seen enough people, I've known enough people that I know nobody has it perfect. And, you know, they can flash whatever, you know, utopian projection of themselves that they want, but I know everybody has issues. And, you know, I think at that point, you really start to focus on yourself more than comparing 
to others. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, it for me, uh, there's something about social status, and and I don't mean like that I'm in a, a high social status or a low social status. It it's more about I understand where I fit into the to the architecture of the of the social status that I'm in, and and I'm not talking about my neighborhood or my community. I'm talking about my work. I'm talking about my family. I'm also talking about my neighborhood and my community. I'm saying like all these different little you know, social areas that I've, that I've bounced between right now, I feel like I understand what my role is, where my strengths are, where my weaknesses are, who the people are that are able to help me. And so again, like you were saying with age, you kind of understand that nobody's perfect and that all things change. I feel like I'm understanding that about myself in these spaces now better than I have ever understood. And that gives me a high level of confidence, which improves my self-esteem knowing I'm not good at something and how I can go and be better at it or who can help me be better at it. That increases my self-esteem. I could just, I could get all wrapped up in knowing I'm not good at something. And that could, that could sound like a negative thing, but it's, it's more about, well, there's a larger group of people here that are, it's a network of people that have all come together that are able to help me out in the areas where I'm weak. So for me, that's one that that's actually working yeah. really well. No, that's, that's good, Henry. And you know, it's, the both of you have mentioned age <laughs> and I would say that as well too, but it's funny because it's, it's a double-edged for me. It's a double-edged sword in the sense that I feel that the older that I get, I, I have established more confidence in myself and self-confidence. Um, but I'll say when the room's quiet or when I'm really deep in my thoughts from an age perspective, I'll, I'll get into my own head and I'll, and I'll be like, man, I'm, I am not what I once was. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's funny because that impacts my self-confidence. I'm like, I'm not as re resilient as I once was physically. Right. Or I'm, you know, I've got a lot less hair than I used to have. It's, you know, time, <laughs> time is ticking, right. Time is ticking. And, and it's funny because it's on both sides of that coin. I, I have self-esteem on the, you know, high, what we call, and then I would say low. So that's, that was pretty interesting. We've kind of established that we're all older. <laughs> I don't need any I don't need any comments about who's the oldest here but we we do have a lot of life experience but I'm curious to go back to the social status piece that Henry brought up when you were younger did that affect you more social status highly we we've all we've all talked about how we we came from you know relatively uh modest means you know some a lot of people would have called us poor when we grew up um, there was people that are worse off, I'm sure. But when you were younger, did that affect you more, the social status piece? Yeah. I mean, Tim, it was, I, I think back and I'm like, gosh, why did I care so much about that? But I was a kid and I was, I grew up on a farm and I lived, you know, it took an hour for me to get to, to school on the bus every day. And by the time I got to the town where the bus, you know, where the school was, everybody else was cool. They all looked cool. They all had cool clothes and cool stuff. And <laughs> yeah. I was a farm kid and I, yeah. I just felt like so far out of the loop. And all I wanted to do was, was be part of the, part of the group. And I, it took forever to, to feel okay with who I was. Yeah. That's so interesting, man. Cause I, I experienced some of the same thing. I mean, clearly I didn't, or maybe it's not clear to a lot of people, but I didn't grow up on a farm. Um, but I, I grew up in a medium-sized town, and so I say this all the time. 
So in a small town, I feel like, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's more of a tighter demographic. And then in a big city, there's so many people that people in a certain demographic are kind of bunched together. So that's who you see in your neighborhood. In a medium-sized town, I feel like there's this wild delta from the very poor to the very rich, but it's a small enough town to where you have exposure to everybody. Yeah. And man, that's interesting. I just felt like it was haves and have nots when I was growing up. And I struggled with that because I, I felt like I have not. And I know that's like perspective. I can look back on that now and be like, man, I had so much that other people probably didn't, but I spent way too much time obsessing over that. And it made me feel like, you know, I was kind of like below these people, which is like so horrible, but it's, that's, I'm being truthful here. Yeah. Um, And I think I carried that even, you know, I'm so critical of the 20 ish generation now. Cause I feel like, you know, all they do is compare themselves to one another. I did that when I was in my twenties, you know, it was for sure. You know, I want this material item. This person has this, how nice is their apartment, their house, you know, it was very superficial, but I, I focused on that much more than I do now. It's just interesting how age affects you. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I grew up very similar to both of what you guys were describing. And I grew up in a small town. I've mentioned that a few times. It was very small, rural, you know, farming and ranching community. But I would say kind of the anomaly to what you described, Tim, is that it was predominantly a cattle town. And so there were some very wealthy cattle people, a lot of, and there were some very, very, you know, poor people is what we would call, what we're saying on this call. And it was the haves and the have nots. And forever, I mean, into my, you know, late teens and twenties, I felt like we were the people that worked for the haves. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like we, we made their reality possible. And, and there was some pride in that for sure. But there was some some lows in that too, in comparison and saying, this is this is my half of the community and we don't extend into that other half. And so it was uh, it was pretty interesting. And, and you begin to classify yourself that you believe it, right? And you classify yourself that and you find your your sweet spot there and your comfort spot until you get into a mental place. And it might be age or it just might be a sense of, you know, increased confidence until you find your place to say, Hey, I'm, there's more for me than this, or I'm bigger than this. And so yeah. it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah. You believe it. And it's easy to believe that it's going to be like that forever. One other thing I want to mention, um, and, and you know, this, this may or may not even pertain to you guys, but there's also, there's also a fair amount of, um, you know, the, the family that you're born into that will impact your self-esteem. You know, what, what do you, what, what did you get whenever you were born? And I know in my family, we all got a healthy dose of anxiety and depression, one from my mother's (laughs) side, one from my father's side. And that will put your back against the wall on a lot of these things because you're going to be dealing with some overwhelming uh, mental, mental emotion. You know, it's, you know what I'm talking about, guys. It's just, it's tough to break through that. And sometimes if you're tired, you're hungry, you're stressed, you're angry, these things, you know, they become even more difficult to overcome and it can really mess with your own sense of confidence and your own sense of self-worth. Yeah. Without a doubt, there's a 
genetic component to mental health and a predisposition in some of us, you know, to struggle with it. Yeah. Yeah. Do, no do you think the behavioral stuff though, is that, do you think that's linked to genetics or do you think that's like muscle memory around the reactions and the behaviors that you grew up around? And it's, it's kind of coded in you at that point. I don't know if that makes it genetic, but that, that that's an interesting piece for me too, because it's, I find myself reacting a lot now, like my dad would have, and I have to check myself because a lot of it wasn't healthy. I mean, you know, God bless my dad. He was a great father, genuinely, but <laughs> there were things that ways that he reacted that were not healthy. And, and I have to check myself because it's not, it's, it's not the person I want to be number one. And it's not the, it's not what I want to present to my family either, or my, you know, peers and coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. It's of a different time, but I, I think to answer your question, your nature versus nurture question, I'm going to have yeah. to like, like tap into something that, I mean, I know exactly what Tim's going to say. He's going to say, well, it's both. It's both. <laughs> That's right? exactly right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's both. I mean, you know, Josh, I, I had never realized how much I'm like my father until I, I entered my forties and yes. all of a sudden like you, I noticed myself reacting or thinking or speaking the same way he did. But for the first 40 years of my life, I would have said, no way, I'm completely different. And I don't know if that's because I'm made of parts of him or if it's because, you know, when he was in his 40s, that's whenever I, I can really remember him. That's my, my richest, most impressionable memories of him were from his 40s. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It's It's both, right? It is for sure. And, you know, how that combination is weighted, I think that's probably the variable. But I think any human being on many topics, but it pertains to self-esteem also, it's a combination of nature and nurture. The weighting is just probably different in, in all of us. I, I want to talk about a, a, a term that came up in our research that I thought was very interesting. I've never heard this term before. Esteemable acts. Yeah. So what are esteemable acts? Where, where do, do you guys, where did the word come from? What does it mean? Yeah, well, I, I think the uh, author made it up, to be honest with you. But <laughs> I think that's where it came from. It is a great term, though. And I think before we even get to what it is, we have to say once again, you can change your self-esteem. This is something that we can change. So esteemable acts are actually what we do to change our self-esteem, to build our self-esteem. So it's not superficial. It's actually action that is taken, concrete steps. It is things that we can do, action we can take to build our self-esteem. That's what esteemable acts are. How long does it take to execute these things to make ourselves feel better, to improve our self-esteem? Yeah, well, I think it's probably a lifelong struggle for many of us. But the material that we read outlined an eight-week process. It's not a quick process. You have to be devoted to it. I, I know Josh has this word in his chamber right now, locked and loaded. You have to be intentional about it. <laughs> I mean, you have to actually put in the work, and it's going to take a while. Right. The good news is we have an outline. We have an outline. It is an eight-week program. Yeah. One thing to focus on every week. That's right. We're not done. Starting next week, 
we begin the conversation on your eight-week program to high self-esteem. Until then, maybe take a measurement of where you're at today. What's got you down? And what do you need to get back up again? For more KL Podcasts, visit kindleadershipproject.com, follow us on LinkedIn, or find us on your favorite streaming service. This podcast is an expression of the views of Kind Leadership and its team. We're always open for discussion, so find us on social media and give us your thoughts.